The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your hosts, Ray Austin and J.D. Harris, are getting the discussion together, so it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you, too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of The Man Cave, J.D. Harris and Ray Austin. What's up or what's up or thinking about it, how it says it's been a while, it's been a long time. Think about Eric B. and Rakim. I don't know if all you guys are heads out there, hip-hop heads, know the true uh, MC, not this Drake and Meek stuff, but uh, the R. Anyway, <laughs> uh, going uh, getting into the show, it, man, it's been a few weeks. Uh, you know how it is with summer. It, sports is just not the same after the uh, NBA final. And so um, I'm back, and today I have um, a guy coming in, a guest, been on here before. We have football game plans, uh, Emery Hunt. What's going on, E? I'm cool, and J.D., I appreciate you as always having me on. So what you what 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 has the summer entailed for you, my man? Man, it's nonstop business over here. We just released two books, uh, Football a Love Story and What Did Football Teach Me? Where we are we've interviewed over a hundred current former players, coaches, scouts, executives, entertainers, uh guys that have played the game, um, and asked them the question, you know, about what the game taught them, what they what the game means to them and why they are still involved to this day. And so for those of you that don't know, I'm going to go ahead and do a little self-plug because I saw this light-skinned dude, you know, about 5'6", with some hazel eyes, with a bald head in there, and it was me. So, uh, hey, I want to encourage you all to go get the book. I thought it was a great idea. You see so much diversity from, like, Ed Reed to uh, what you call Ty Graham here at Arizona State to John Harbaugh. I mean, Emory, Emory's been doing a thing, man. For those of you guys that don't know who he is, again, you need to go check out footballgameplan.com and see uh, what this young fella, a young man making myself sound old, is up to. So, uh, you know, this weekend, uh, you know, Football finally showed up on TV, and one of us got to go uh, out to Ohio, to Canton. What happened there? Talk, talk, talk to your boy. Talk, talk, tell us what happened in Canton, Emory. Uh, uh, this will be my fourth year uh, going there, and each year I find myself just more and more excited to go, you know, because you get to see new players going in, and you just can only imagine how happy those guys are. Uh, for that moment, you know, there's something as a football player you always dream about winning the Super Bowl, maybe winning the Heisman Trophy, and going into the Hall of Fame. And to see those guys experience that moment um, is it, great, especially some of the guys that you've seen. Now you see guys going in that you've grown up watching on TV, like your Tim Browns. Uh, last year was Michael Strahan. Those guys like that, some of your childhood heroes. Uh, for me, Tim Brown was one of mine. Um, watching him do his thing with the L.A. Raiders and then with the Oakland Raiders. Um, just see those guys go in. 
it's always a cool thing to see. So it was great to get those interviews with Bettis was another one, uh, Tim Brown, uh, those guys, uh, as well as being able to talk to a guy like Ronnie Lott was big because, again, growing up watching the 49ers, uh, being a Saints fan, seeing the 49ers twice a year, um, you got to know those teams. very. You got to be very familiar with those teams like your Rams, your 49ers, and your Falcons. So seeing Ronnie Lott was pretty cool. Yeah, I could imagine. I remember my first uh, time going to Canton and just the whole atmosphere of being there. In fact, uh, back in, well, I'm sounding old, back in 2000, uh, when I was working for the Cleveland Browns, uh, one of my first scouting assignments was the Hall of Fame game, and I think that game featured uh, featured the inducted, uh, Steve Young was inducted, or no, Joe Joe Montana, Ronnie Lott, um, Howie Long, and kind of that crew, and to kind of piggyback off of what you said, Growing up, I'm, I was a Notre Dame fan. So Jerome Bettis and Tim Brown, it was like, wow. And um, throughout the years, I was fortunate to even do some things with Jerome bowling tournaments and stuff like that. And uh, my business partner uh, with High Intensity, Earl Mosley, was Jerome's college coach, uh, position coach. So, right. you know, it, it, just to see that, I mean, it, I – I get with the uh, the feeling and things like that. It, it was great, and I'm glad I watched your work and saw what you did. I was like, go ahead, do, do your thing, boy. So, <laughs> uh, you guys, if you ever get a chance, I'm telling you, you're going to know who Emory is if you go to any football event because all you're going to see is a glare. <laughs> and it's like you'll see a smile and a glare, and then he's up. He's about that business, and he – it seems like sometimes – I'm like, how does he do it all? I'm like, you know, looking for tentacles and all that stuff because I'm like, this dude is just getting it done, but quality work. Um, so there we are. Um, well, so going to the Hall of Fame game, well, before we go there, uh, for those of you that been following, I've also been doing some guest coaching uh, with the Cardinals going out there, uh, doing mini ca- or training camp and all those things, and it's just like, man, it just feels so refreshing refreshing for us as individuals. And I think our nation is needing some football in our lives right now. You can just see where people just seem to be happier during football season. I would agree. I mean, you look at when uh, the, the, the opening kickoff starts. Let's say just for the preseason, if things are quiet, people are focused, people are excited about the new season. And then when week one opens up, it's even better. It's almost like Christmas again. And then everyone starts to settle in, and then you start to see people hate football by week two. But initially week one, they're excited, they're ready to go, and it's always a great thing to see, especially with college football and high school football as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we cover everything. And, and for me, football has always, you know, football has been year-round because, you know, we've been up in Canada with uh, the CFL doing events there and also with the East-West Bowl which is their senior bowl that they had before the season. So we've, there's a nonstop, there's nonstop football here um, with us. But to see the start of the NFL season and college football season is big. Man, I, I don't know how you do it, bro. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that one of us is doing it. And I, it's like, hey, if you guys want to know what's going on with football, follow football game plan. Emory has a touch from uh, what's going on almost from Pop Warner to the NFL, um, and, and I'm not joking. He, he's on top of it. Uh, but one of the things, 
since you were at the game, tell me tell me your thoughts on. Uh, and I know it's preseason, and we know that the starters didn't start. But anybody stick out to you? Well, I didn't go to the game after okay. the uh, the press conferences. I headed back uh, to Jersey, but just watching the game on TV. Um, well, things I look for in preseason: how guys execute, how they compete, and um, how well do they, you know, uh, play during the situation. Those are things that you just want to keep an eye on. You know, you don't really get into scheme, you know, because things are vanilla. You know, this things are vanilla yeah. in preseason. Limited um, blitz, uh, <laughs> it's staged somewhat. Right, and you just want to see how guys, you know, react to a different opponent. You know, how they compete, how they go out there and, and complete a task. And some some of those guys that that I saw. Uh, from the Vikings side, you look at Audi Cole, saw him on a lot of plays, big, tall linebacker that can play all three spots. And um, for Pittsburgh, was more interested in how they were able to give the ball to Dre Archer uh, going inside. And that's something I'm a big you know, fan of, giving smaller backs the football on inside runs. You don't want to neutralize their speed by having them go outside because, again, angles can neutralize speed. Have them go, go downhill, and they did exactly that. And every run that he had was over 10 yards happened down at A-gap. Exactly. And, and what you find, being a former smaller, uh, former still small play, person, but a smaller player, is when you're hitting that, uh, going through that gap, a lot of times it's hard, especially when you're uh, going against, you know, a six foot two linebacker, it's hard for them to break down. They, you know, about time they get down, you should be gone. <laughs> uh, and a lot of people... Just say, okay, this guy needs to be this tall. If you look at most of the guys in the Hall of Fame, it's very, if, especially running backs, it's very few that are over six feet tall. Exactly. You know, you got Jim Brown, you have Eric Dickerson, you have Jerome Bettis now, and Eddie George isn't in there. But you look at some of those type of backs, those are rare. Earl, Cam- Earl Campbell. But then Adrian Peterson will be a Hall of Famer. But look at all the little ones. Walter Payton. Gail Sayers. I mean, you. I'm, I'm taking Chicago people. Emmett Smith. Um, Marshall Falk is still a little bit shorter. It's, it's something that people don't look at. And to go back to the game, I wanted to see the timing between um, – Wallace and Bridgewater to see how they connected. And, I, you know, we know it's preseason, so Adrian Peterson is not going to touch it. But I can't wait to see that chemistry and how that all unwraps, you know, like how teams are really going to defend Adrian uh, and how uh, that time, that goes to the development of T- Teddy Bridgewater. Taking that extra man, you know, into the box, now you have four on three maybe on pass routes. So that's I'm really intrigued by that, and then uh, also I'm intrigued to see what happens during the season with uh, with Pittsburgh to see if Big Ben will be more no huddle than huddling because to me their success has been when he's actually been able to make the adjustments uh, on the go rather than getting it from the sideline. So yeah, I think Pittsburgh. You know, it's going to be a really good team. I think their offense is going to put up a ton of points. And defensively, if those young guys at the second and third level can get it going, they'll be dangerous. Yeah, the linebacking, linebacking crew for Pittsburgh, I was really impressed. They, I mean, they were flying to the ball. They were flying to the ball. And I was, I was like, 
I you typically don't worry about Pittsburgh and defense. I mean, they were getting long in the they were long in the tooth the past couple of years, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this young group that they have. See how they all just kind of collaborate and kick some butt. So, uh, I the only my only concern is, you know, can you keep Ben healthy, and you know how that secondary is going to look during the season for Pittsburgh. You know, with Troy gone, and you know now two years removed. Uh, what you call it is like who else uh, are these young guys are going? Are they going to be able to play the ball, play back there in that third level? And so it shall be interesting, my friend. Um, also, want to give some note, change the subject. Welcome back, Eric Berry. That I mean, we know the NFL is gives you a lot of storylines, wouldn't you say? It's like. Absolutely. Man, it, it's never a dull moment. So to see positive stories, you know, we're not, we don't want to bear, be the barrier of all negative news, but I, I was so glad to see Eric Berry come back. Uh, did you see what Chuck Pagano did this week in practice? No, what, what, what happened? Uh, he wore his Eric Berry jersey to practice. Nice. I, I mean, these are the stories I wish kind of got in circulation a little bit more than the other stuff that we're definitely going to get into it's like uh but we're gonna go to break and we'll be back and we'll talk about some of the other things that have been happening Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. He's still left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Man, E, I'm not going to even lie. When I hear that beat, sometimes I'm like ready to get my 16 bars on. But <laughs> it'd be more really realistically about two bars, but... I'd be ready. <laughs> it's like, okay, my mindset. For those of you that don't know what 16 bars are, it's rapping. So I was ready to get my flow on. Uh, anyway, so uh, we're going back. And one of the things we were, uh, before break, we're talking about is the negative side of what's going on in the NFL. And if you haven't heard, I don't know where this is happening. Myself, being a high school quarterback and junior high, I've always known that quarterbacks have been the untouchables for the most part. Lately in the news, man, people have been putting their hands on quarterbacks, putting their hands on them. And I, I'm like, yeah, E, elaborate. Talk about what you feel. I just don't understand the whole concept of, you know, how guys can – you know, let's just say from from a team perspective, this is your starting quarterback. You know, if you don't have him, whether it be Cam Newton or Geno Smith, if you don't have those guys, nine times out of ten, you're not going to be successful offensively. So I may not like you, but I know I want to win, and I'm not going to touch you. I hope the opponents knock you out, but I'm not going to knock you out, although I want to, but I won't. However, nowadays you've seen, you know, uh, these guys, like you said, the last or well, yesterday or this past week, Cam Newton, Geno Smith get into issues with teammates. And I just, you know, things happen. We've both been in locker rooms. I remember in college we had two teammates fight over a street fighter game. Um, yeah. Over who had next. You know, mm-hmm. um, so. Those Madden guy, fights. Where <laughs> a, a guy got his jaw broken, you know, which was insane. But so we know things like this happen. It's unfortunate accidents, but they happen. Uh, what I don't like is the fact that you see people in the respected media ready to go jump and pile on these quarterbacks like Cam Newton, these quarterbacks like Geno Smith. You see them pile on a quarterback like RG3 for bringing his dad to practice. So what? He brought his dad to practice. So what? You know, but they're ready to jump on these guys and bury these guys. You don't see the same thing about Tom Brady. You don't see the same thing about an Aaron Rodgers or uh, – a, um, you know, Peyton Manning or Phillip Rivers. And you also see all of these articles from these major outlets now 
ready to jump on and say, oh, they're going to be better with Ryan Fitzpatrick. This is the same guy that has been released by every team that was signed, that he signed to. And you, you're going to tell me physically he's better than Geno Smith. And you're going to also tell me situationally he's better than Geno Smith. You're a fool if you believe that. <laughs> and the sad part is they have the major outlets where they, people believe that. People believe it. They poison the mind of the public with this nonsense. And I hate that. Then you have outlets like, let's say, some outlets, some, some bloggers, some websites that are catered toward the TMZ style. Yet you want to position yourself as being for the minority. You know, call yourself Black Sports Online, but all you do is talk about the negative side of the black athlete. The, ga- the gossip, the gossip. The gossip. Like, really? And, and, and so, what's the business for? You know, so. <laughs> Emery, I, um, I have to acquiesce with you on this uh, 100%. I think that one of the things, first of all, uh, going into it, is the money involved with your quarterback as a franchise, you protect them. But you look at the both sides of it. It's been times, for example, when, like, I just remember watching Brett Favre. Once Warren Sapp had knocked out uh, their lineman on the interception, mm-hmm. and uh, what you call it, Brett Favre ran and got in his face. And that was cheered on. Um, so, and it, he's a hero. He's tough. He's sticking up for his teammate. Or, you know, he's mad about throwing that interception. Whereas if Cam Newton runs and mad because of an interception and stuff like that, or, you know, if he doesn't make the tackle, then there's another expectation. It's like, you know, it's a double-edged sword, especially for a Cam Newton. Now, I will say this. In Cam's defense, I mean, against Cam, here's two sides of the thing. First of all, Cam kind of shot himself in the foot being hyper-emotional his first few years. It's like, you know, his high highs and his very low lows. And even myself as a fan, sometimes would get a little agitated by his de- disposition. I, you know, I was here, I watched his first game here in Arizona uh, where he broke the record and saw, saw his mannerisms after the game. And I've seen the difference between being competitively mad and whiny mad. And so I felt like certain things he could have handled different, you know, in his interactions with other people. But and I understand he hadn't lost a game, <laughs> so in right. a while. But I'm not gonna lie. I don't care who you are out of the other twenty-one people on the, on the field. Cam is not a punk, so you may want to choose. It's not pick like picking on Drew Brees. You are messing with, or Ryan Fitzpatrick, you are messing with Cam Bleeping Newton. That dude is six forever, freaky athlete, could probably play every position on the field. Don't think that Cam is just going to not take it and put them things on you. So I'm like, (laughs) they, you know, Geno, that whole situation, I, I felt like, I like how Todd Bowles ha- handled it. IK is not on the team anymore. Next, you know, uh, the Bill Belichick model. <laughs> you know, we don't talk about players that's not here. And the situation, now, with you, I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick is better, but I will say this. I am interested in Bryce Petty. Just, that's a side note. 
Uh, but that, I mean, as a teammate, man, you don't hit you don't hit the franchise. And right now, until proven otherwise, Geno is the franchise because they're not going to his third year. They're going to make or break him. But then I actually put a note on there, and I'm not asking anybody to do this. But I was like, there's no reports from Chicago yet with Jay Cutler. Nobody put their hands on him. <laughs> and then uh, during break, we were talking about this a little bit, Emery, and um, for you guys out there. One of the things that people, I, I almost forgot, but if I'm not mistaken, Kerry Collins got his jaw smashed. And I thought it was even uh, due to, wasn't a racial dispute or something like that. Uh, And I ain't going to lie. If Steve Smith is on anybody's team, (laughs) you better watch out. He'll put his hands on you. Uh, And then uh, a story going back um, at practice with the Bears. A lot of people know we had Cade McNown and Olin Krutz. And if you know Olin, you got to love him. Because Olin is a soldier. Olin don't care who you are, where you are. Anytime he could have got into a scrap was the best time. And, you know, in college he had a couple scuffles and stuff like that. And you're talking about a guy that was bench pressing almost 600 pounds, uh, was a Golden Glove boxer, and uh, a state champion wrestler, and liked to fight. And uh, many times, and plenty of times, uh, and mind you, the person that lined up next to him in practice in college was Bob Sapp mm. from the Longest Yard, USC right. fighter. And then they had a guy, the left guard, that was crazier than both of them. And so, uh, meanwhile, uh, so when Olin came in, we literally had Olin and Bob Sapp for one season at the Bears. And we also had a number one draft pick that was the rah-rah guy getting in your face, yell, a hero because he yelled at people and threw up in a game, Cade McNown. Cade was a little on extra most of the time. You know, we're rich now, we can do this, you know. Cade was was a character. So long story short, Cade gets into it with Olin, blames Olin for a fumble snap, or I I believe it was, and Olin turned around. And he must have smacked the living daylights out of Cade. That was the first time I had ever witnessed in my life, literally, well, second time, someone putting their hands on a quarterback. And that's on the same team. But with Olin, that was understandable. And with Cade, that was understandable. (laughs) But, yeah, I I just think now that uh, these things that are going on and how it's just being pushed out there, I, I think is a little unnecessary. But talking about quarterbacks, uh, we got your boy Tom Brady going in uh, for their deal, their plea deal, or their uh, what you call it negotiations. Have you been following that ordeal at all? I'm amazed that eight months after the Super Bowl, we are still talking about deflated footballs. <laughs> eight months. I'm still shocked that this is going on. I have no idea why we're still talking about this. Why is this such a big deal? I get the Patriots have cheated before and they're constantly caught cheating. I get that. My solution, obviously it can't be, you know, fine or a suspended player for a game. Let the Patriots do what they do. Let them play the whole season. Let them go. Matter of fact, I hope they go undefeated. If I was Roger Goodell, let them go undefeated. 
time for the playoffs, you're banned from the playoffs. That's going to hurt him more than just, oh, we're going to suspend this player for X amount of games. No, you can't compete for a championship. Yeah, you can sit there with your undefeated record, but guess what? Now we're going to take the second-place team in this division and put them in the playoffs because you cheated. You're a shrewd man, but you know that's not going to happen because the Patriots sell tickets and Tom Brady, I mean, even with the controversy, is it's a reality show. But uh, we'll go back and talk about the reality show on our show, which is the real show. So uh, we'll be back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you ready to talk sports with a passion? Get ready for Cheap Shots with Luther Broughton and Micah Warren. We'll start off with the NFL pretty much always, but the talk moves along from there. We'll talk about the events of the week, opinions from the big names, and predictions of what's to come. Plus, we'll get to hear from you, the ultimate fan. Don't let the name of the show fool you. We're in it for the good stuff. Cheap Shots can be heard live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. Leave the bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we're back and we're talking about uh, the Tom Brady stuff, but let's get into some of the NFL bad boys. <laughs> and, you know, right now, man, former 49ers, current 49ers, Dallas, we already know Dallas is what Dallas is. But dang, Alden Smith? Yeah, I mean, he just, you know, you would think uh, guys that, that, you know, work their butts off from the time they're in little league to middle school to high school to college to reach this goal, finally get to where they are, and they do whatever it takes to lose this opportunity. You know, and it is just tough to see because you know how much work goes into it, and you know how many people don't make it, despite some people that are great at football don't get a chance to play in the league. And you see guys that are uh, in the league that are, you know, blowing their opportunity, blowing this this one-in-a-lifetime chance, you know, of, of playing professional football and making a lot of money 
for a very long time and setting yourself up, you know, making what I would like to say generational money. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, but you blow it. So, and I know people know right from wrong and and good from bad and things of that nature, but it has to be something deeper that's going on with somebody for them to blow that opportunity. But then you see again, I mean, for a long time, uh, people know, uh, how can I put this? Well, I guess people know what causes STDs, yet people still don't wear protection. (laughs) What an analogy. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same same thing, you know. So you know if I do this, I'm going to get kicked out the league. Yet you go ahead on and do it. But I think sometimes what – what goes along with this mentality is the same thing that makes them a good player. You think that I defy odds. I, you know, it's such a low percentage that get to do what I do and I do it and I do it well. And so I've been a, a the fire of odds. And so now even as a player, you know, and maybe throughout the years, in some cases they've been kind of, shielded through the system, whether it had been grades, whether it had been problems, you know, getting in trouble at school. It's like, okay, you know, the dean says we need you more on the football field. Your punishment is afterwards. I think sometimes that same mentality that makes a player great, it's the same thing that makes them think is not me. Or And it flips over to even their idea with their money. They think I won't be the one that's going broke. You know, and it's funny watching that new show, uh, Ballers. Uh, but I don't know how many guys, you know, where vets will come in uh, because I did some stuff with player development or player engagement has changed so many times, the name, where, you know, some vet players like a Jerry Rice would come in and try to talk to a dude, and you'll have these guys that say, I already know. And it's like, you have this dude that has had longevity in the league and very few guys get that type of longevity, even though you making more money base salary than they ever made. But they had other things that kept them successful in the league. And what did they do? And these guys today, some of them, they're just they don't feel they feel like they defy the rules. And so, I mean, and it's sad to see San Francisco. That's a team, man. You're talking about their entire defense or well, offense and defense is depleted. You go through their front three, <laughs> you've lost two. You lost two people on the on the first level. The second level, you lost Pro Bowler Patrick Willis. You lost. Uh, then you lose Bowman. They lost a linebacker, another sure. line, and then. You even lost your reserves. <laughs> and then you go on the offensive side, you lose Frank Gore, you lose Crabtree. And I don't feel like the upgrades were even justified, you know, like much of a difference. You lost Stevie Johnson. Well, he didn't perform last year. And you lose a, pot- a potential Hall of Fame coach on, could have been in the NFL and college football. It's So... You know, you're going to look at San Fran. That's going to be a team, and I guess we're going into the segment in the NFC West that, man, you're talking about going from riches to rags real fast. Yeah, they're going to have to play, you know, efficient football, smart football. Um, Now, they still have a ton of talent. The one thing San Fran has done well over the last three to four years, I believe they've drafted well, which is why we've seen so much depth. 
but and they can't overthink this thing. You know, they have a quarterback that's mobile, uh, and, and Colin Kaepernick, and we know how much that frustrates the defense. Um, they still have a good tight end. Defensively, they can't apply pressure. And, you know, within the front seven, it's about uh, attitude and want to. Um, but you want to see them, you know, play their – they're going to have to play their best game because what they were able to get away with, they can't get away with now because they don't have the premier talent. They have good talent, enough to win talent, but they don't have the premier talent that we used to see from them um, over the last four or five years. But they're in a division where it's going to be tough, it's going to be competitive, but they can't have any mess-ups or have any big injuries because right now their depth is not where it should be because where it was, you know, when we saw like your Navarro Bowman, your Chris Borlands, your Patrick Willis's, those guys, you know, you had guys like Scooter, you know, playing, he was a reserve, but now he's a starter with, with Jacksonville now. So he's gone. Um, So you got all these guys that are gone that were great second team players that will come in, spell the starter for a series or two and play well. You don't have that now. So now your backups are your starters and the depth, on offense and defense is questionable, especially on the offensive line. Well, I'm gonna say your backup backups are starters. Not it's like your your uh, third string in a lot of cases it seems like, especially on the defensive side. Uh, I just feel like it's really thin. And I'll say in the past when Harbaugh was there, and I don't know how much say he had, and I think that was kind of the issue with them with the front office whole thing. Um, San Fran, even before Harbaugh came, they had some depth. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've proven, and you know this, just because you have good talent, not everybody can coach it. And and that's where, you know, you have an unproven coach as a head coach. That's where I'm like, I'm looking at them and I'm looking at the N- NFC West, which was, to me, the better division in football last year um, because the worst team in the division was the one that scared everybody in the division and that's the Rams. I mean, you know, talking to my coach friends that are coaches in the NFL circle, they were like, when we go to St. Louis, we know we are in a fist fight. And now they've gotten some more weapons. You know, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Gurley and, you know, how uh, Nick Foles is going to get into the mix with Tavon Austin. And uh, didn't they pick up another receiver? They uh, picked up, uh, I can't remember offhand, but I know they picked up another receiver. Yeah, I, I thought uh, I thought they picked up a vet. And, you know, Jeff Fisher is going to always have a solid defense, you know, and they their front line, their front seven weren't bad. So it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see uh, with them. So looking at NFC West, who would you – what team do you think? I mean, well, we still got to talk about the other two th- teams, but what do you think about St. Louis? I think St. Louis, you know, they're going to have a great running game. I think their offensive line will be a lot better. They got good weapons on the flanks. They got good receivers and tight ends. Uh, defensively, they are stout at every level. Mm-hmm. Quarterback is the biggest issue. Can they get adequate to decent play consistently from Nick Foles? And that's something that has yet to be you know, seen right now. We've seen him year one in Philly. Year two, he kind of got back to uh, reality. But now where he's going to go in year three with St. Louis, that's going to be the biggest question because I think they're set everywhere. You know, that's a really good team. They just need help at quarterback on a consistent basis. They're like Buffalo. Yeah, and I was going to say, do you think some of Nick Foles' issues at Philly 
had a lot to do with you lose Deshaun Jackson. I mean, that I think that was paramount to their lack of ultimate success. You had a guy that took the top off uh, the defensive backfield. You lost that. Everybody else were possession receivers. So, I mean, when you, in Seattle, if they didn't have Marshawn Lynch, they were very similar to Philly in a sense of they their receivers did not separate from defensive backs. So, in Nick Foles' defense, after his first year, losing Deshaun Jackson, I can't put I I can't put that on his performance. You know that's a that's a really good point right there because uh, you almost forget that he he lost him in year two. Yeah, um, and that's know, that's, a, that's a crutch. That's a, that's a that's a threat. We talked about that you know off camera. You got threats. You need guys out there that defenses have to account for. And if you got possession guys, it's easy to play defense against that because you can just sit back in zone and keep everything underneath to rally up, make a tackle, get off the field. Exactly. But when you had Deshaun Jackson, you have at least four sets or two set of eyes on him uh, when he's coming. You know where he is on the field. And just that little bit, that opened it up for Jerry, uh, Jeremy Macklin. And then, you know, Lachey. Uh, you know, so that changes things. And I think that Nick Foles going to St. Louis, he kind of has some similarity. Tavon Austin is not Deshaun Jackson, but I think as he, and I got to remember who they picked up, but I think he has that home run capability. And I think that will help, help his reads and his development. And then now you have a girly, uh, well, you have two running backs that's coming out of the field. Uh, and I think that makes a difference for the development of a quarterback. And I, I give Jeff Fisher credit, and they have a solid tight end. I think Jeff Fisher will build the running game, and then with those weapons, like he's done in the past, I think that you know Chris, you you have Gurley who will be his Chris Johnson, mm-hmm. and I th- so I think a solid running game with a good tight end and somebody that could take the top off is what every quarterback needs for development or besides a good offensive line. And I, I think Nick Foles will find that comfort because Jeff Fisher will, as a head coach, he'll make sure protection is there first, run the ball, play great defense, and then special teams, and you're already uh, in, a, in a playoff hunt with that formula. So, And that's kind of been his status. I mean, he's done it with Vince Young, and other people, so I think Nick Foles uh, will just add. I, I, his job is just not to turn over the ball, right? And they they re-signed Kenny Britt. That's what it, that's what it was. Okay, I thought they it was. I thought it was still a, a true home run hitter uh, with their speed. But so then we have that going on at NFC or well with St. Louis, and now is almost that time for break. But when we come back, we'll talk a little Cardinal Seattle and then just uh, touch uh, up on some other things in the league. So we will be back. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to JD Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Okay, we're sticking in the NFC West talking about what's going on and uh, we just touched base with the Rams and we touched base with uh, San Fran. Now we have the other the two leaders uh, of the division last year or first number one and number two. So we go to number two with the Arizona Cardinals. Last year, I'm going to say this: that coaching staff did a heck of a job, a heck of a job with less um, than most teams had in their division. Um, this year is a lot of changes with the Cardinals, and it's going to be interesting. How well, uh, first of all, with Ty Bowles being gone, I mean, that defense was a killer last year. And, you know, you had Darnell Dockett, who's no longer there. Uh, the linebacking, you know, I'm still wondering, was, is uh, Washington ever going to come back and play? Um, you lose Camardi. So it's going to be interesting to see how those voids are filled on the defensive side for the Cardinals. And from my perspective, um, I'm looking at offense. Michael Floyd being out for a few weeks, I'm not as reserved about that one. Uh, because uh, Brown, man, watching him uh, this week, and I said it before, he can go and you throw the ball in his vicinity. If you throw the ball 10 yards radius in his vicinity, Hey, he a go-getter. 
he can stretch the field. And I think he has a little bit more athleticism than he, – he definitely has better hands than Floyd. Uh, Floyd, you can just tell he, he's a Notre Dame grad. <laughs> um, uh, the question is the O-line and the running game. Last year, they get to the playoffs without uh, Carson Palmer for a good portion of the season. You know, he got about a quarter way in or, you know, a little bit over a quarter. And then you had um, Drew, or whatchamacallit, uh, come in, and he Drew got him there to the playoffs. And then they entered the last two games with Lindley. <laughs> and no running game with uh, running back hurt, things like that. You, I mean, I give, I give the coaching staff credit. I don't know without a running game if they could do it this season. What, what's your thoughts on the cards? Have you been following them at all? Well, when you look at the biggest question I, I have for, for Arizona, you look at that offensive line. If they can just get Jonathan Cooper healthy, you know, you look at Mike Upati, Cooper, sin line as a center, I think that's a pretty formidable interior offensive front. They should be able to run the football. Uh, receivers going to be fine. They're, they have plenty of receivers. I actually like undrafted Fries and Trevor Harmon out of Shippensburg. Uh, actually, is the nephew of Rosarians. Yeah. You know, yeah. So he's a good receiver. He's a good possession guy. Um, but defensively, they're stacked with talent. They're secondary. Again, a lot of ball hawks back there. And anytime you can take the ball away, it puts it back in the hands of an explosive offense, which is why I think Arizona will always be in contention. In the NFC West, I mean, you got Tyron Matthew, Patrick Peterson. Those guys can pick off passes. They own Buchanan. Uh, gives you a little bit more flexibility with how you're going to play him uh, defensively. So there's a bunch of guys out there that they've drafted. Uh, the, the front seven, I think, is going to be active. I hope Sean Weatherspoon can stay healthy. Uh, I know he just had a setback with his hamstring, but he's another tremendous player. So Arizona is stacked with talent. Health is the biggest concern. Andre Ellington. Jonathan Cooper, Sean Weatherspoon, those guys stay healthy. It's going to be a it's going to be a problem in that division. Yeah, it, which leads us now to, uh, it, it, I'll say this before I go into it, I I'm more concerned again about the running game, and I do think there is a drop off losing Cromartie, especially what I saw late in the season last year. I mean, you know, you have Peterson, but people did not want to mess with Cromartie too much because of those long arms. And, you know, when you have a long, rangy guy like that that can cover, those are rarities. I mean, he got burnt a couple times uh, with his eyes in the backfield. I'm just really interested how it goes, even with uh, the new coordinator, um, you know, and the chemistry. You know, right now they're looking fine in practice. I don't know uh, if it's, you know, just because it's preseason and you know how it is now. Training camps aren't the same anymore. Uh, it, it's like club med, but then that takes us to Seattle. I'll let you go ahead with Seattle, and I'll kind of finish up. What you? What's your thoughts on Seattle? Seattle is going to always be in contention because they have the best quarterback, I believe, in in uh, the second best quarterback in the game. You know, you have Aaron Rodgers number one, and then you have a guy right now, Russell Wilson, that's the perfect quarterback for this day and age. He's mobile. He's smart. He protects the football. He plays great situational football. He's done so if you go all the way back to how he played at Wisconsin. And so they're going to always be in contention with Russell Wilson back there. Where you have questions is their offensive line. I don't think they're as good as they they should be 
up front, especially on the inside, especially now losing Max Unger to the New Orleans mm-hmm. Saints. They do get Jimmy Graham, which is a good weapon to receive an option for him. He's not a blocker. As much as he's going to come out and say, hey, I'm, I'm working on my blocking, yeah, it's all good and, and fine now. But once the real game kicks off, you're not going to want to block. So um, they got Marshawn Lynch. Their receivers do their job. Um, it'll be great to see once they get uh, Richardson back and now they have Lockett out there, you know, two speed guys that can create after the catch. Um, you know, so they have some things to keep going. Defensively, we know about their secondary and how tough it is to, to throw against them. Why? Because they have guys that can pick off passes. Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, those guys can come away with the football. Even Cam Chancellor has pretty solid hands. Now they bring in Kerry Williams, and they also have Ty Smith they drafted. Um, out of uh, Towson, got a chance to see him live twice uh, last year. He's a real physical corner. He actually fits what they do well defensively. So they got guys. They brought in Will Blackman as well, like him and Jeremy Lane, who's still on the roster. So I, I do think they're going to be competitive once again. Uh, their offense is going to play efficient football. They're not going to beat themselves offensively. And defensively, they get the ball back. So this is still a tough team. I would have to agree. Uh, one of the things I'm going to question you, and, and, well, not so much question you. I'm gonna go with Jimmy Graham. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Graham doesn't need to block. His running routes is a form of blocking, because any time he moves, you have to keep an eye on him, especially in the red zone. So then, to me, what he takes away, what maybe a safety looking at and a linebacker looking at, because you know the average linebacker is not gonna be able to cover him. I mean, me, why he's a Pro Bowl tight end. So. To me, his route running is a form of blocking, you know, as a distraction, even though he's physically not standing there blocking. But you let him release, I, eyes are on him. Like, And my concern is I, I want to see those guys. Some of them aren't proven yet uh, with the other new receivers. Um, and I think the difference was losing Percy Harvin last year changed changed up things. I think that even though they got where they got, you know, I felt like, if you you need a home run hitter, uh, or you need someone that can stretch vertically, and I guess you get that now in the inside with Jimmy Graham, which will still help with your running. Uh, defensive wise, you know Pete Carroll's a defensive back specialist. You know, uh, so they're going to be solid. Um, I'm just I'm concerned at depth at running back, especially now. I mean, Marshawn is a beast, but Marshawn has been a beast for a while. And taking a lot of hits, and we just we know that running backs that take a lot of hits usually kind of drop off. So I hope this is not the year that he drops off. Or I mean, from a Cardinals perspective, I hope this is the year. But I would like to see some more depth at running back. Um, well, you look at Turbin, and you look at Christian Michael. You hope those guys can step up and, like you said, provide that that quality depth uh, behind Lynch. Yeah, and, and Russell Wilson. I mean. And that was a bold statement, and I, I, that's what I like about you. You call it how you see it. And everybody that follows our show knows how I feel about Russell Wilson. Uh, my former co-host on another show, uh, Darnell, was like, when he was coming out, he was like, you really got a thing for this Russell Wilson when he was coming out of college. And I had told him, he'll have more rings and get rings before Luck and RG3. And he looked at me like I was a fool. And Russell should have two rings right now. Should have. Uh, yeah. And, and, and really – I mean, I went through the pass. I probably would have did some type of zone option, uh, zone read, or even I would have did a speed option because they would have went all the way out to catch Marshawn, and he just 
take it upfield and go ahead and walk in. I would have did that, a two-play option on the goal line. That's just me personally. Um, anyway, so I, I guess seeing all that, it, it's going to be interesting in the NFC division. And real fast before we get out of here, uh, who in 10 seconds, who is your team or player to watch? Look at the secondary of Cleveland, Green Bay, and New Orleans. I think they're going to be some great secondaries this year. And mine is quarterback position in Chicago. I am really intrigued to see what happens in Chicago. Well, E, I appreciate you coming on, bro. And uh, you have a good one. We're going to be uh, we're going to hear some more of Emory. I'm going to be reeling them in to talk to you guys. But uh, thank you for coming in, and thank you all for tuning in. Take care. Peace. All right, we're just about out of here, but make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and Ray Austin on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon. We'll be right back.